Hi everybody, welcome to the Ziad Parker Show. My name is Ziad Parker and this is a podcast about all things sport. We'll be talking about cricket, soccer, rugby, basketball and more. I'll be joined on the show by various Sportycast contributors as we discuss current events around the sporting world. Check out our website on sportycast.com, so that's S-P-O-R-T-Y-C-A-S-T.com. And you can also check us out on social media. We have an Instagram account, which is at Sportycast, as well as a Twitter account, also at Sportycast, where you can keep up with the latest uh, content from from us. So on the website, we have some blogs up talking about all the, the various sports. Just before we get started, I just want to take this opportunity to thank everybody who's been listening to some of the trial episodes that I've been recording. Thank you for your feedback and I uh, appreciate your support. So on to the first official episode of the Ziad Parker show. I'm going to be joined by Jacques Stolz today and uh, Jacques Stolz is a Sportycast contributor who focuses on contact sport or combat sport along with rugby and uh, Jacques and I are going to be talking about the coronavirus and the impact it's having on sport. We're then going to be touching on a bit of cricket, UFC, some super rugby before we end off with uh, some chat around football or soccer as uh, Jacques refers to it as. So taking us into the episode, we have the Cine 400. Take it away, boys. episode of the Ziad Parker show. With me today I have Jacques Stolz. How's it going buddy? Oh nothing much bro. Excited to be on the show. Yeah, awesome and it's good to have you. So you know to starting the recording now and everything that everybody's talking about basically is just the coronavirus and how it's affecting sport and, and general life. Just uh, you know going through the news this morning I saw that a lot of leagues around the world have been suspended or they're going to be playing games behind closed doors, so no fans. Now, as a sports fan, myself, you're big sports fans, obviously. How do you feel about watching sport without, you know, the fans being there? Or you're not being able to attend games yourself? I think it's going to be very weird. Um, the fact that, you know, people, and I think for the athletes it will be weird as well. Because I think the fans bring that type of atmosphere it brings a lot to the event and things like that. So it will be interesting to see if they televise these events and um, how the outcome is. I've never seen uh, any like football game or rugby game uh, televised where there's no crowd. So I don't know. I don't think it's going to be great. Um, I think everyone's just testing everything. Like everyone doesn't know... Um, What's going on with this? How long yeah. it will be? So it will be interesting to see what they do. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a unique situation we find ourselves in. And the most important thing, obviously, is the safety of everyone involved. Yeah. So it, it is the right call to do these things. But from a fan experience point of view, it's, it's going to be difficult. Um, I think it, it still will be televised, I'm sure, because that's where the money comes from, isn't it? Most yeah. of the broadcast, broadcast deals, broadcast rights and, and so on. But... Spare thought for the players who have to actually participate as well. I know the NBA has uh, postponed their league comp- you know, indefinitely, at least for 30 days. Major League Baseball has postponed their spring training games as of now and also delayed the start of their season. Um, a couple of other sporting events around the world, like the, the cricket South Africa and India, which we'll be talking a bit more about later, but they're going to be playing all their games in empty stadiums. So no fans allowed. And I think a couple other soccer leagues around the world have also had various measures um, in place. So some of them have, are not playing games. Some are playing games behind closed doors and so on. But the latest developments coming out of the Premier League is that a, a couple of players and coaches have tested positive. Um, so with that, I think it's going to be very challenging to actually play the games because there are no fans, yes, but... If players on teams are starting to test positive, 
for the virus, then it's going to be very difficult to obviously play because most of the sports are essentially contact sports. Yeah. So it's interesting that you say that the NBA, have they've gone and not playing any games. What will happen with those games, though? Will they Do they now lose those games or do they get... I know, like, remember in the World Cup yeah. with the rugby when they um, had that weather and stuff yeah, in yeah. Japan and the, yeah. they ended up making it a no result. Yeah. Does, is that the same thing that's going to happen with the NBA? I don't think anybody knows how it's going to develop just yet. But if they're saying that they're going to be off for at least 30 days, that means a good chunk of games are going to be missed. So, I mean, what are the options there to, to have the games written off completely, to award it to the home team, to award it to... Yeah. Sh- you mean... In the NBA, for example, there's no you can't share points because they play and most American sports they play till there's a winner. So essentially you're not gonna be able to draw a tie game. Yeah. So you either get a win or a loss. You don't get a draw. So if you're gonna award a, a draw, for example, then it just doesn't get added to your, your win tally. So do they so you say that they look to win the game, so that's pretty pretty cool. Um for the fans' side of things. Yeah. But, like, you're saying, like, give the points to the home side. Yeah. Right? Now, if you look at the games and stuff, what if there's teams that have got more away games than home games at the moment? In yeah, the, yeah, Let's yeah. say in those 30 games. No, that's not an answer. It's, 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 I'm just trying to think what the options are. Yeah. I don't think you can do that. I think the, the most likely outcome is the games get written off. It's going to be that's tough crazy. and unlikely, but the game's going to get written off or... It's it's unique. I think I think there was something in 1995 in NBA where there was a strike or something of that sort, and they actually just cancelled the season completely. Wow! But I I don't know if that's possible in today's market. You know, I don't think that's possible. But the teams are obviously there on certain points at the moment or whatever the case is. So I think they'll come up with a solution where maybe. If I if I look at it, maybe the top four go through to the playoffs and then the next eight teams battle it out in a short um like you know, tournament yeah. or playoff style tournament to get into the playoffs. Because there are a couple of teams who have almost no chance of making the playoffs. So those teams could just be, you know, left out or whatever the case is. But you know how it goes in sport. I mean you want to play against the teams that are lower down as well because that's an easy chance for you to win a game, for example. Yeah, exactly. You know, and players have performance incentives in their contract. So if they don't reach X amount of minutes or X amount of points or rebounds or whatever, it affects how much they're going to earn. So it's not as simple as just saying, you know, we're going to do this, this, or, 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 you know, we're going to just do this tournament or this way or that way. You have to consider the implications, which I'm sure the governing bodies of each sport will do in conjunction with the player associations because it affects the players. So you need the players' input. So I know with the NBA, again, they have a very strong players' association. They have current players like Chris Paul, who okay. is uh, one of the best players in the league. He's actually the president of the players' association. And I think LeBron was the vice. And I think Kyrie Irving is actually the vice president. So these are prominent players who sit on the unions, for example. So the same thing is going to happen in soccer. I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo plays in the Serie A. The yeah. Serie A is in Italy, which has been hit by the, the virus extremely bad. And he's, two of his teammates have tested positive already. Oh, wow. So, you know, these guys are going to all have something to, to say or some sort of input. But at the end of the day, you have to look at the human side of it and what's best for the person, what's best for the people around that person, and, and that's a decision that has to be made. You can always come up with the sporting implications a bit later once everything gets under control, which I think I'm quite positive that it will get under control and people will be able to, you know, start getting back into into normal routines. But just with extra precaution, I mean, what are we going to do, Jacques? Are we just going to hide in, in our offices or in our homes or... You know, we're going to have to find a way to, to live, right? Yeah, exactly. I was speaking to uh, one of my mates actually last night and we were saying like, yes, everything's just been stopped and it's crazy and all the sporting events have stopped. He actually plays rugby as well and all their yeah. games have been stopped. They don't yeah. know what's going to happen. They've also cut it down until the end of 
March. I also heard a little story about, um, it was actually quite funny. I think it was a meme that went out saying that um, the only thing that can stop Liverpool from winning the league <laughs> is the coronavirus. Because apparently if they don't finish the games, the league becomes unavoid or something like that. Avoid. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. These things are all developed. So let's see. Let's we, We'll come back to soccer a bit later. Since you've expressed the interest in talking about it, so we'll come back. But much, but <laughs> a lot of teams in positions to win things, they are the ones who are obviously going to be most impacted. But yeah. at the same time, what about teams facing relegation? They also, you know, there's an impact there. There's, I mean, all sport has implications because essentially sport is a job. Exactly. And like, like for us, for example, our jobs also there are implications if, if work happens or if there's no work or whatever. The same <laughs> applies to the, the players, you know. So let's see. It's going to be interesting, something that we'll watch, um, you know, as we go along and just see how it develops. But I, I definitely think it will it will get under control at, at, at some point and, and we can continue. It's just the pause that, <laughs> that we're in at I, th- the I think people don't know, like... How long it's going to be? What it like? I, I think people are still getting to know a lot yeah. about the situation. Yeah, and I think, like you said, everything's just being done precautionary. So um, hopefully, it can be dissolved and they can put things into place and all the sport can get back on there. Because, like you say, it will have a big financial impact, not just on the players, the teams, mm. um, the organizations, but but the world itself yeah. as well. So. And look, I mean, I'm not, uh, I don't know much about it. So let's see, let's see how, how people respond and uh, we can take it from there. So speaking of, of matches and stuff that are actually ongoing, we currently have the Chapel Hadley Trophy taking place in Australia where uh, New Zealand are playing against Australia. And speaking a bit earlier, you were saying that Australia were off to a flyer. Yeah. But I see now that they are 171 for four after 35 overs. So I'm guessing there are a couple of quick wickets um, over there. And yeah, so Warner and Finch got 60s. Um, and then uh, Smith and Short fell quickly. And Labuskagni and Mitchell Marsh are at the crease now. So interesting that they, they've continued. I'm not sure if they have fans at the, at the, the match or not. It be interesting to, to find out. But Australia, having been whitewashed by South Africa recently um they've pretty much stuck with the same group of players to go play at home against new zealand so it'll be interesting to see if they can come out of there on top or come out with a victory especially as new zealand did pretty well against india recently yeah so um interesting to see the the outcomes over there sorry about that so with with the cricket some other things happening around the world is south africa's playing over in india Yesterday, the match got cancelled, abandoned because of, of bad weather. Not, not, not because the virus. <laughs> not, uh, not the virus itself, but of just uh, because of weather. So, going into the next two games, because I think it's only three matches in the series, both of those games will be played um, behind closed doors. So, what are your thoughts um, on that and how do you think South Africa will do in India? I think it's going to be an advantage for South Africa with those crowds that normally rock up for the Indian games and now they're not going to be there. So I think it's going to be a pretty level playing field um, by taking the crowd out. Uh, South Africa obviously on a high with three wins in a row against Australia, which is not a bad side. Um, as you said, they've got some good batters, they've got some good bowlers. Um but I like the youngsters that are coming through for South Africa. I know it's a bit early still, but um, I like Yanaman Milan. Yeah. That Varane, I think it yeah, is. Yeah, Kyle Varane. Yeah. Um, I had my doubts about JJ Smuts, but he had a good knock the other night. I really liked the way he, he was looking. Yeah. Um, also did well with the ball. So maybe he, he's one of those guys that needs a couple of games to yeah. settle in and things like that. But... Uh, like the youngsters that are coming through and they're really um, fighting for a position to stay in the national side. Yeah, it's good because South Africa have actually been struggling a bit recently to actually have, you know, enough options. And and I think now guys have put their hand up, which is phenomenal. Um, Especially like Yanaman Milan, for example. Being an opening batsman, he's going to be competing with Bavuma for a spot. So I'm not sure if they can accommodate everybody or how they plan on doing it because, I mean... 
would be interesting. The cock is pretty much guaranteed as the captain and keeper. I mean, he's the best in his position, so he should be opening. Who his partner is a toss-up between Milan and Bavuma. Could but you could maybe... Yeah, could Bavuma not go three with with Duplessis on his way? He could, out? yeah. I mean, you could have Bavuma three and Faf Duplessis at four. And then at five and six, you know, I have to start looking at, do you keep Klaassen and Miller in there? Do you, where does Smuts go? It all depends on the makeup of your team. So yeah. what I like about John John Smuts is that essentially he gives an extra bowling option. So if your front or your top five bowlers are struggling, one of them struggle, you can always compensate those overs with, you know, a couple from Smuts. Yeah. Which I think is more important in a 50 over game because he can come on the middle overs. He's got guys out on the boundary and he can and contain there. But... His batting has to be exceptionally good to be able to keep a Miller or a Klaassen out of the team, which I'm not too certain batting in the middle order is the right spot for him. Having watched him domestic cricket, he's been playing um, as an opener or top three batter, which is a problem which I spoke about previously is that most teams have this issue where most of the batters that they have who are doing well or performing batting the top three. And there aren't many batters batting at five and six that are putting their hands up. Okay, look, Klaassen did it in the ODIs recently. But it's just a general trend around world yeah. cricket where the middle order is is struggling a bit. And guys are, are looking at probably putting top order batsmen at six because, you know, where else do you slot the guy in? So what's going to become important, especially in India, is how you put your team together. So what's your team composition? Are you going five bowlers and six batters or you know do you, where's your all-rounder where you're going to get your your allotment of overs from and with the squad south africa took across to india george linder is in the squad he's a good all-rounder he can bat so having linder coming in at seven might negate the the need to have a smuts at you know five or six because linder can bowl and bat so, so they'll I, basically fight out for you, possibly. Spot, it, it all depends how they decide to go with their, their lineup. Do they back the five bowlers to bowl their overs, or do they need a, a safety net, a sixth guy who could assist if the bowlers are going, you know, going at, at a high, um, what's it, high economy rate? Because yeah. I, I think Milan can bowl a little, but. When I say a little, I mean very little. Faf used level. to bowl. Faf used to bowl quite a bit. Um, it's not too bad. I don't think Verena's obviously a keeper batsman. So, for once, I think it's nice to just have options as a South African. Yeah, I think uh, that's squad. The, most the, the nice thing is that they have options. So, two more games left. Hopefully, guys can put their their hands up and there can be some good cricket. India need to bounce back after a disaster of a tour in New Zealand. So they also got lots to play for. And this is pretty much going to lead into the IPL. So, again, news coming out of India is that the IPL will most likely be played behind closed doors until something changes. So, again, like that fan atmosphere, it's, it's what makes it T20, you know. When I, when I see a game and there's no fans, it reminds me of club cricket. <laughs> I mean, even at even <laughs> club cricket, we had like a couple of fans, six to ten people, you know, watching and supporting. But uh, that's what it reminds me of. I mean... Growing up, or you know, not even too long ago, I would when I hear there's an amateur game at at you know coming from Cape Town, yeah, there's an amateur cricket game at Newlands or the Cobras are playing or whatever. You know, you make a turn there and the stadium's empty because yeah. people don't generally go watch four day cricket. It's pretty much just taking it back to that. I think the guys will still play good cricket, but the whole experience, even for the players, um, will obviously be fi- affected and. Uh, a thing like the IPL, which is all about the experience, you know, it's there's music, there's fireworks, there's energy. The games are on late at night. Now it's going to be difficult for for guys to probably, you know, get motivated yeah. playing late at night because there's no crowd, there's no music, there's no no. They could technically I still have the music, but <laughs> it's just going to be. A I don't bit think weird. the coronavirus will will affect the music, but yeah, it's. It's crazy. Like I said, I'll have to see. I've never seen. Um, yes, I get the like the club vibes and the the provincial vibes because in South Africa, the cricket games, provincial games, the four day cricket, 
yeah, you don't have much crowds there. Um, but they they don't televise. It would be interesting. To, I've I've never seen a televised game with no fans. Yeah, because that, that's be because so you only watch highlights. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we but start at least on the highlights, there's crowds as well. Eh? So yeah. you got to remember that. But um, yeah, it's absolutely crazy. But there is one place though where the crowds are still coming in, and that's the PSL over in Pakistan. Because yeah, they need full, it. Full stadium, <laughs> full stadiums. Good cricket a- happening at the moment, and I think they're approaching the playoffs um, pretty soon. I think in the in the upcoming weeks. Looking at the fixtures quickly, 17th of March is the first um, playoff game. So going into that, Multan Sultans are on top of the log. Karachi is sitting at second. Uh, Zalmi are sitting in third place. I'll come back to Zalmi because something interesting happened with them recently. Okay. Uh, Lahore's in fourth. And your team that you predicted is is going to win, Islamabad. They're sitting on fifth. And Quetta is all the way down at the bottom. So, so something interesting to note about the Zalmi team. So, basically, Darren Sammy was the, the captain at the start of the season. And he's actually been, he's actually been like, you know, the, he's been the captain from the beginning. He's done a lot for, for Pakistan cricket. And he's done a lot to bring Pakistani cricket back to Pakistan. I mean, you'd always be willing to travel to Pakistan, no issues. And he's been a good ambassador for, you know, Pakistani cricket. And what actually happened is that halfway through the season, well, not even halfway, a couple of games in, he he actually, I don't know if he gave up the captaincy, but they came to some sort of agreement where he would not be in the eleven anymore. So he'd not be playing anymore. And he transitioned, listen to this, uh, I'm sure you haven't seen this. No. He transitioned from being the captain to the head coach. What? So midway through the season, three to four games in, he transitioned from being the captain of the team to the head coach. The head coach got moved into a director of cricket role, which they didn't have before, <laughs> midway through the season. <laughs> so Wabriyaz took over the captaincy. And Darren Sammy went from being captain to head coach, which in hindsight, looking at it, he was probably doing more of the role that the coach was doing anyway because he wasn't really contributing much in terms of batting and bowling. I mean, he'd bowl the odd over here and there. He'd come in and hit 16 of seven every now and then, but he wasn't really doing much. And another interesting fact about the Zalmi team is that they have Hashim Amla as their batting mentor or coordinator or yeah, coach, however you want to, to look at it. So, <laughs> very interesting midway. I've never seen this before. Yeah, I don't, I've midway never heard that. From captain to head coach. Imagine Sia Kulisi just rocks up at a training one day and then the next day he's uh, pushed old John Dobson out from the Stormers role and he's the coach. You know, <laughs> that's quite unique. Crazy. So. Uh, if you want, if you're looking for in, for interesting stories and, and um, interesting events, look no further than the the PSL. You always got find something. Happening, yeah, right? I mean they're the only <laughs> the only tournament that I can think of playing games carrying on. Only tournament that are are still carrying on with full stadiums, and uh, midway through the season they'll change their coach and uh, make the captain the coach. So uh, yeah, inter- <laughs> quite interesting uh, in the world of cricket. That's that's mind baffling. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I understand. Like like you said, I, in a way, I understand why they're still carrying on with the games because they need that cricket there, mm. and I think they're very desperate to get cricket back and international fixtures there, knowing yeah. that there's a lot of teams that don't want to play there. So, I mean, maybe then maybe they've got the cure for coronavirus and they're just hiding it for us from us. <laughs> no. I don't know. Highly um. unlikely. <laughs> I think they just uh, exercise common sense and and just carrying on. Look, I I don't know. I don't know. We don't know what the thought process is. I haven't heard too much about Pakistan being too affected by it in in any case. They've got uh, around, I think, 24 cases at the moment. Not not a lot. Let's see. (laughs) We'll see how that develops. So, okay, enough about cricket, Jacques. Let's take you into into a, a sphere that you're a bit more comfortable I'm uh, comfortable super, in everything. Yeah, that, that's what you tell us. <laughs> but you are the rugby expert. So uh, tell me what's happening in Super Rugby today. Right, so in rugby today, 
we've got the Chiefs Hurricanes playing each other. Uh, as you all saw yesterday, uh, Zier and I took each other on um, in our picks. Uh, we went for the same team for today, which is quite surprising. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think you went Chiefs 10 by 10 points and I went Chiefs by 8 points. Um, but uh, yeah, I think Chiefs at home against the Hurricanes. Um, I think Chiefs will take it. Chiefs are looking really good. I think yeah. Aaron Cruden back at 10. Um, He's so good, eh? He, oh, he, he makes that team. Uh, the first two games, he had absolute blinders. Um, yeah, so the team that's gelling well, they're always quite good, though. You know, they're. I, I would say them and um, the Hurricanes and the Crusaders are probably the most consistent teams. But surprisingly enough, this season... The Crusaders Conference... Oh, it's not Crusaders, sorry. The New Zealand Conference. Yeah, pretty much is the Crusaders Conference. Is, yeah, because they've they won were. most of the tournaments. <laughs> but um, the New Zealand Conference, normally they're very consistent, you know, at mm. home and away. But this year, they're very inconsistent. And it's surprising to see because they're not normally like that. So one of two things, either they're having a bad season, yeah. you know, with a lot of changes that have happened after the World Cup, or the rest of the world is catching up to New Zealand when it comes to the skills and setup and things like that. That, so. that not, might not be a bad take because if you look at the World Cup, for example, a lot of teams did really well. Um, I mean, England, for, for all that they did, they actually played some, some good rugby. Good yeah, hands, brilliant good rugby. Attacking, um, good attacking rugby. So they might be catching up, but when, whenever you think something like that, then these guys manage to kick into another gear. So... You know, that, that's part of the evolution of the sport. Guys yeah. think they're catching up. Everyone's like, oh, we've got the speed, we've got the hands. And then New Zealand say, okay, well, we'll just they kick change it up 5%. It up. They, they, they get the shock you know? and then they go, whoop, we've got to change it exactly. up. Exactly. So I think they, they will respond quite well. Uh, so Chiefs and Hurricanes playing today. Any news on, on if those stadiums are also going to be empty? I haven't heard anything. I haven't read anything. Um, I think as of now... All the rugby games are still having their fans, if I'm not Because I'm checking, I think um, Fox News, it's up on Fox News that the games are going to be played in empty stadiums. Okay. So I don't know effective when it, from when it's going to be in effect, but it might actually be from later today. Who knows? I know the the Jaguares game in Buenos Aires, yeah. that's going to be empty stadium. So I reckon it's only a matter of time then before the others... Um, also follow the same. I'd be very disappointed if the Storm and Sharks game is going to be empty because I feel that's going to be the game of the weekend. Yeah. I think it's going to be an absolute cracker yeah. all the way from my hometown, Derbs. So <laughs> yeah. wish I was there to watch the game. Um, and I know that there's not many cases in South Africa currently. Yeah. Um, so they might take the risk and play... I think they're in the starting stages mm. of everything there. Yeah, I actually saw so. an ad this morning for the cricket, the one-day championship. The Dolphins were selling tickets. Yes. They had some offer because they're in the semifinal. So I think it's all systems go there at the moment. But I think, yeah, like you said, everyone's just exercising caution because, yeah. you know, anything can, can happen. Cool. So that's uh, a bit about the rugby. Moving on now. Um, okay, so we do, we've hit cricket, we've hit rugby. Let's keep, let's stay in, in, in the lane of Jacques Stolls and let's go to UFC 249. So last night, well, yesterday actually, you told me about UFC 249. Yes. And you said there's some amazing primer that came out and I have to watch it. And when you sent it to me, um, you know, you, you created the hype and, and watching it, <laughs> it actually made me very, very interested in actually watching that. So the fight is between Khabib and is it Tony, T Ferguson. Tony Ferguson. So yes. obviously Khabib's well known. He beat Conor McGregor and that's where I got to know a bit, uh, you know, about his story. I know absolutely nothing about Tony Ferguson. So if you could maybe just tell us um, a little bit about Tony Ferguson and how it is that the UFC are saying that this is one of the biggest fights in, in the history. So... Tony Ferguson is obviously also in the lightweight. Uh, he's got a 12-win streak in the UFC. Yeah. Same as Khabib. Um, 
He won the Ultimate Fighter. That's a show that the UFC does. Okay, um, so is that like a, a, a game show, reality show? So what, do what, like? what the UFC do is they have they rent out or they own a mansion. They put fighters like, in there. Like the Playboy Mansion. Yeah, yeah, something <laughs> like that. <laughs> they, um, <laughs> well, listen, when, when Connor was one of the, the um, coaches, he organized a party oh, at, at this house. But yeah, so they put all the fighters there. They get isolated from the world and stuff like that. And then every week, so they train. They get two coaches, which is normally um, UFC fighters that are already yeah. there. And then... They fight against each other. Uh, the two guys that fight in the final, the guy that wins, wins the ultimate fighter. And then he gets a contract, a six-figure contract oh, with wow. the UFC. Yeah, That's cool. So um, they haven't had one in a while uh, because the UFC, obviously, they've been developing a lot of things. Like they just opened um, a massive UFC institute uh, performance institute in china mm. um i know they're doing stuff in puerto rico dana white was saying mexico so really trying to expand the brand worldwide yeah. um they also just built a massive ufc they call it the ipex it's okay. a massive building with um they actually have uh an octo octagon inside the ipex and mm. they've got a high performance institute there okay a massive, massive thing. You should, you should actually go check it out. It's very interesting. Where is it? Go, so you just go, go into UFC oh. and just type in UFC um, IPEX, okay. and I think things will come up. Yeah, they launched it. I think last year, October. Yeah, Dana White launched it. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so that's where the Ultimate Fighter takes place as well, and then. Um, so that's how he came through. That's how he came through. So. Yeah. Came through that and then, you know, just worked himself up. Why people are so, like, intrigued with him is the fact, like, he's, he's not like any other fighter. The way he trains is very unorthodox. Okay. Uh, it's really weird. He's got all these dummies. You remember these Bruce Lee films, right? Yeah. And it had these wooden... Um, this wooden thing and it had all these arms sticking out okay yeah. right yeah he trains with those things he's got his own thing he he puts break dancing into his training and things like that he's, yeah he's very unorthodox and when you see him fight all of this comes out like the things he tries um yeah and i think that's why people like him and the other thing is he's also like a natural athlete so he was a uh he did wrestling in mm. college and things like that. He was pretty good at that. So yeah. he, he's got a ground game, which is going to be interesting against um, Khabib. He can also create a dash, which is a choke that he that he has mm. from any position. Yeah, He's probably one of the best when it comes to things like that. So, um, yeah, these guys, um, interesting fact, this is the fifth time they've tried to get these guys to fight. Yeah, so what's the story behind that? So... In, I think it was 2013, they tried to get these guys together because they were both up and coming, mm. you know, and um, they set the fight. Khabib got injured, got a rib injury, yeah. pulled out. A couple of years later, make the second fight, Tony pulls out. <laughs> Third fight, Khabib pulls out. Fourth fight was actually... Um, was it last? I think it was last year, yeah. April. I think it was last year, April, just before Ramadan. And um, Tony, he had to say, sorry, I can't fight because he got a freak accident. So yeah. you know these electric wires that they put on the ground when they okay. do yeah, like yeah. shows and stuff? Yeah. So he went for an interview yeah. of some sorts and he tripped <laughs> over one of those wires yeah and his knee popped out nice. so he had a massive knee injury yeah and same thing again when he did rehab z you should have seen the um you should actually follow him on instagram he's such a he's an interesting freaking guy but you should have seen the rehab he did mm. rehab that you wouldn't give guys to do i think after was it like 
two months. They said he was going to be out for like seven months or nine months. But like after a couple of months, he was already training. Yeah. With this brace that he had on and things like that. So, yeah, very interesting guy. And I honestly think it's the only guy that also gets underneath Khabib's skin. And no one gets underneath his skin. And this guy does, which is going to be very interesting to see. They had a press conference last week and he made Khabib so angry that he actually kicked um, Tony Ferguson's belt because Tony Ferguson was an interim champion Okay, and um, basically got injured because they were going to fight for the undisputed belt. And he got injured. Then he he became the undisputed champion Khabib. And um, so they were both standing there with their belts. Yeah. So it could be with the new belt, Tony with the old belt. So Tony laid it out and he just kicked it. And Dana wasn't too pre- impressed about yeah, that because Luca, it's quite disrespectful to the company. I don't know. As well. I don't know <laughs> if those things happen in the spur of the moment or if they, they planned, you know, because <laughs> like the WWE, WWE yeah. is obviously scripted. Yes. But. Those types of storylines, it, it helps create hype, it helps create interest. And a lot of the times I look at it and I'm like, oh, is this for real or not? So, I mean, I'm not sold on, on how authentic the, that is. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, if, if you say that, that there's a, a rivalry there, and I mean, if the fight's been six, seven years in the making, looking at their records, they're both undefeated. Uh, no, know? Tony's last one. They both have a 12-win streak. Okay. In the UFC. Okay. So that's why Khabib wants to fight him for legacy. Uh, Khabib okay. is 28 and 0. Yeah. So he hasn't lost a fight. Yeah. He's been smashing guys, mauling them. He is uh, probably the best guy to ever come in UFC on the ground. He just mm. takes you down at force. You, I mean, I'm not surprised he used to fight with Bears yeah. when he was 10. So, so <laughs> when it comes to, to MMA and UFC, I have a friend that uh, I used to go to that I was at school with. Okay. Um, and I learned about MMA through him because he is very much interested in it. And, and he went through, you know, he still trains and stuff. And I'd be interesting to, to get his opinion. So let's see if I can try and get him on here to, to uh, converse with you a little. Because yeah, uh, be if good. you're saying Khabib's the best on the ground and, and he's currently the best, I know... My mate would have some guys that he would probably say could rival him from back in the day. Okay. So uh, it would be interesting. Let's see if we can, can get that uh, together somehow. Because the the guys, are, I, I mean, I can't remember all the guys, but Anderson Silva. Um, GSP. GSP, uh, you know, from, from back in the day, those guys. They're pretty much similar, him and Khabib. Yeah. They, Khabib wants to fight him as well. Okay. But um, I don't think Dana's going to make that fight. Yeah. Yeah, so let's let's see how we can we can get that. So when when does the fight take place? So the fight is on 18 April. Whether it will have a crowd, I doubt it, um, because Dana White has announced um, last night that due to the coronavirus, they are also not going to have any crowds. They will refund everyone, and um, they actually I they probably going to have this fight. If it's not in Brooklyn, if they change the venue, it will be at the Ipex okay. in Vegas. Yeah. So, um, but it, it's happening. Um, hopefully, these two guys, I don't even want to say it. They're going to come there. They're going to weigh in. They're going to get yeah, to the fight. Yeah, yeah. No, we don't want to jinx this. This needs to happen. It's the fifth <laughs> time they've tried to make this fight. And I, I agree. This is a fight that needs to happen. We need to see because I think Tony could be the guy. That beats him. That beats him. Oh, well. I think he's got the uh, possibilities, yeah. Let's see if that happens. So closer to, to the time, we'll jump back on that. Yeah. Uh, just to, to get an update from you, and hopefully we can be joined by, by my mate. Uh, I'll just need to get in touch with him and see if he's free. Let's get him on. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds really good. A uh, couple of more things that we need to, to eat first of that. So first of the last, basically. Um, some football. So, yes. uh, <laughs> at the beginning of this, you were like, you know, I want to talk football. So, like, okay, cool. Soccer. So soccer. Oh, soccer. Okay, soccer. Well, I don't soccer. know what football is. <laughs> same same thing, brother. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there are people that actually like, you know, ah, football, watch the soccer or whatever. Because I think soccer is the American yes. term. But and South you know African what? term. Either way, soccer, <laughs> football, whatever. Cristiano Ronaldo and Leo Messi sport. 
just to to make it clear, we're talking Cristiano about the same thing. Ronaldo sport. Yeah, fair enough. I'll, I'll go with you on that one. I am more of a Ronaldo fan. So talking football, I mean, how we got onto the topic was basically that a couple of of players around the world now have tested um, positive for for Corona, and we keep coming back to it. But it's um, there are a couple of players. I think firstly it come to mind the Premier League. So one of the Chelsea players he tested positive, um, and then the Arsenal coach Mikel Arteta. Um, Fantastic also, name, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> He also tested positive, and and that's when he started taking a few digs at me. So, uh, just to to clarify some things for you, Mikel Arteta did not take over from Arsene Wenger. In fact, there was another coach in between. His name was Unai Emery, also Spanish, and he was in charge of the club for about eighteen months before he got the sack, and yep. uh, Arteta took over. So, Arteta was Arsenal captain. He played for the club. He then left Arsenal at the end of his playing career okay. to join Manchester City. You know Manchester City? Yes, owned yes, by yes. That's the one, it's, that's the blue team. The red team's Manchester United. Yes. yes. So Manchester See? City is uh, owned by Abu Dhabi, you know, just down the yes, road here. Yes, yes, it's one of the shakes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So Abu Dhabi pretty much owns uh, Manchester City. And he became the assistant coach okay. at Manchester City. To learn from one of the great coaches, Pep Guardiola. Have you? I know Pep. You're quite okay. That's He's awesome. He's an ex Barcelona yes, coach. Yes, that's the guy. There so Arteta go. spent about 18 months. Um, well, not 18 months. Probably a bit longer. Um, learning from Pep okay. before he got the Arsenal job. So uh, quite an interesting story there. And obviously now because he's the coach, he'd be exposed to all the players and, and so on. So I think they probably not going to be playing any games for two weeks. Another thing about Arsenal is that they recently played against a Greek side. And the president of the Greek side attended the game and he also tested positive. Did, so Did they play Olympicos or something? Olympiakos, hey, yes. See. Yeah, so <laughs> I, you, know, you know what's going on. But so with that, there was already concerns and Arsenal Man City got can't postponed in the week. And now obviously with the latest developments, I think there's going to be a bit more... Um, you know, happening with that. So I think you were talking a bit earlier about Liverpool. Yes. So what, what, what was your question with that? So my question was, so not a question, I saw a meme, I think, Yeah. where they said that the only thing that can stop Liverpool from winning the league yeah. is uh, the coronavirus. Yeah. Because it's talks of if any um, matches are not played within the league, yeah. the season... Um, the season becomes void or something. Void, unemployed, yeah, yeah, whatever the case may be. So, yeah. uh, to be honest, I don't know what's going to happen there. But basically, we are in game week 30. So, I think there are nine, eight, eight, eight. eight to ten games left yeah. in the season. So, there are some plans or things that are being thrown out in the media. Basically, the first one, like you said, is what if they just cancel the season because they're not going to be able to get to the end and there's almost no way to make up the last games. I mean, you're going to have to play, what, twice a week, every yeah. week? So I don't know if, if that's feasible, but that would suck for Liverpool because this would be... They pretty much wrapped up the league. They are one win away, basically. They need to win. I think, if if I'm not mistaken, they need to win and Man City lose. Then the league's done. It's It's that close to wow. them securing the league. So... It's pretty much their title, and it's going to be their first title in 30 years. That's what I was just going to ask So you, their long? first title in 30 years, and now you're talking about the, the season being declared null and void. To be honest, I don't think anybody in the Premier League would, would oppose awarding the league to Liverpool because they deserve it. They're way, way, way out in front ahead of everybody. So I I can't see the season being declared null and void um, and then they lose out because it's so obvious that they're going to win it. Yeah. The the challenge for the Premier League is to determine the other spots because there's qualification for European cha- um, tournaments, there's relegation. If you finish on a certain spot on the log, your share of money or revenue, I think, is affected in some way. So those are the things that are going to be more important. So the other thing they were talking about, which I think actually is a bit unfair, is the top six teams would enter like a playoff. 
and whoever wins a playoff wins the league. <laughs> that would be what? terrible because I mean a league is a league for me is something where you show excellence over time. Yeah. You know, you win over time and, and over a season you're the best team. You might not be the best team for the whole season. You have dips in form and so on, but a league is about how good are you over time. A playoff or a knockout is more it's like a cup. And there are already cup competitions in England. So we don't need another cup to determine how the, the teams sit on the log. Same for relegation. They take the bottom six teams or whatever and, and have and a playoff. What about the teams in the middle, you know? So a league always allows you time. Yeah, That's the, the, the main thing about the league is that you have time to climb up the table a little. Or, or you know, you go through a dip in form and you're suddenly involved in relegation. So I don't know if those methods or options are feasible but I think it would be extremely unfair if Liverpool do not get awarded the title based on, on the season being declared now and void because look I, I think just think about it now everyone needs two weeks right quarantine or whatever it's two weeks yeah. so technically there should be no games for two weeks because you don't know who has it who doesn't if anyone tests positive the teams who played them recently have to you know be checked. Be yeah. checked and whatever the case is. So you need at least two weeks. I would even go as far as to say what the NBA is doing is probably what everyone should be doing is stopping the competitions for one month and making sure everyone is, is clear and then carrying on. So look, if you're a professional sportsman and this is your job, you, you know, if you have to sit out for two to three weeks, then it's probably for the best. Just keep within your your home or, or yeah. you know, whatever the case is, give it two weeks to clear out the training facility, disinfect it, clean it out, whatever needs to be done. You can start coming then back in and training and then within a week or two, you can consider then are people ready to play. So I think that's what's happening. A lot of clubs are closing their training venues because the coach was at the training venue. The player was at the training venue. Same thing in Italy. Well, they have a serious lockdown, but... Yeah, they're crazy. Yeah, so so with football, I mean, it's just tough, all sports. I think for us, we, we're so used to watching sport, we're so used to following sport, and now everything that we see re- relating to our sport is about games getting cancelled, postponed, or, or whatever the case is. So, so yeah, th- thanks for your, your interest in football, Jacques. Uh, if you keep uh, picking up those points, then... Where's my team, by the way? What is your team? Chelsea. Is that your team? Yes. Since when? Since I don't, since long time. I like them because they're blue and I like their logo. That's an interesting <laughs> way to, to choose a team. Um, Chelsea are doing fairly well. Fourth? I think so. I yes. think they, they've got fourth, um, fourth position on the log and they also had the first player to test positive. Yeah, you said. So uh, you are high up on the achievements. We're always first with everything. Really. You think so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're the first... Nah. We got Frank Lampard. He's the next player that's the manager. Yes, that's yes, correct. Yes. Well done, man. Yeah, if we make fourth, we make the Champions League, I think. Yeah. yeah? No. Make, so t- top four is Champions League. Top four is Champions League. Then the next League, four is Champions Cup or Champions nah, nah. no, European. I think you should have quit while you were ahead there. <laughs> so it's the next two or Europa three teams. Cup, yeah, Europa. There you go. Next Take two me a or second. three teams. Yeah, you're, you're getting there. So, uh, yeah, so Chelsea's doing okay. Not too okay. bad. The team from London. So, yeah. So, that's soccer or football. Whichever. Soccer. 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 We'll go with soccer. Just South for, African soccer. For your benefit. <laughs> um, so, yeah. A couple more things before we end off. So, speaking about soccer, we just had a post up on the website. So, go check out the website, sportycast.com. Um, and it was about the Fantasy Premier League for those that play. I know Jacques doesn't uh, partake in FPL. But uh, one I of our... I don't understand con- it. Yeah, look, basically... <laughs> You pick eleven players, yeah, and whatever they do in a match, you get points for. You do there, there's fantasy leagues in rugby as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I know there's fantasy. Yeah, it's league. the same thing in soccer. You yeah. pick eleven, you get points if they score a goal, whatever, right? Listen, if I do anything more, I think my wife will divorce me. Yeah, look, let's uh, <laughs> let's not push push too far with that one. Let's let's look next season. Let's look for next season. At the moment, things are. I tell you what, <laughs> I tell you what, when we get to next season, maybe yeah. you can participate in a, a sporty cast team. So okay. we'll, we'll combine a couple of us so we can spread the load 
with regards to managing the that team. That cool. might work better for you. But yeah, coming back to the FPL post, um, one of our contributors, Ahmed Faraz Parker, he put up a, a blog yesterday on some strategy for, for the upcoming game week. Unfortunately, um, with the, the virus having such an effect, I don't know if, if the game week is going to take place or how it's going to be affected, but give it a read. If you do play uh, FPL, there's some good tips in there about which players are on the rise and which players you should look to avoid. So thanks, uh, Ahmed Faraz, for putting that up. Um, last last thing, I think, Jacques, if you can just take us into what you're going to be doing later today. You've got a, a episode of In the Scrum that you're going to be recording. So just oh, give yes. us a bit of a yes, preview. Yes. So basically, we're going to have our second ep- episode of In the Scrum. Um and I've got Philip coming in again today. What a guy. What Zier, a guy. Zier absolutely loves him. Lovely guy. Uh, we're going to be talking local rugby. We're going to be looking... So just quickly for, for those that are listening or watching yes. from ev- all around the world, what is local rugby? Because you say you're from so Durban, <laughs> so you're talking about <laughs> rugby in Durban or... So local rugby, so currently living in the UAE, um, so that's why I'm saying local rugby because he's currently playing in the UAE. But what I'm going to do as well is we're going to compare um, club rugby in South Africa with the club rugby in the UAE. So we can see uh, is is UAE on the right track with yeah. their rugby, you know, um, compare, comparisons to South Africa, which is quite a strong rugby nation. Yeah. Um, you know, looking forward because it would be nice to see the development and the growth in the sport and if they're on the right track. I do know they've got a lot of ex-players that are coaching okay. and things like that. So it's going to be very interesting to get Philip's feedback. I know he yeah. plays for the Dubai Excels, which um, they're quite a successful team okay. in That's the cool. local league. So, um, so yeah, where, it's going to be interesting. Where can we find this? We're gonna, where is it going to be posted so up on? We're going to do it on YouTube. Awesome. Okay, and then maybe we'll do a little clip on Instagram as well cool. just to get you guys to go towards YouTube. But, yeah, check it out. It's going to be interesting. It's no- normally quite a good show with a lot of laughs. So looking forward to it. Awesome. And, and based on the, the feedback... Um, that you got after your first episode. Uh, I'm pleased to announce that you've improved the sound quality. So for those out there that uh, that watched the first episode, please take note of the sound. Jacques has made uh, some adjustments there, so the sound is much better. Jacques, thanks for your time, man. This was awesome. We'll thanks, catch you man. again thanks soon. Thanks for having me. Yeah, awesome. Cheers, pal. Cheers, buddy. Cool, so that was the first episode of the Ziad Parker Show. Thank you to Isra Osman and the Cine 400 for the intro music. Thank you to Jacques Stolls for, for his time and for jumping on the show. And uh, I hope you guys all enjoyed it. And let us know what you think. Any feedback will be appreciated. And uh, I look forward to you joining us next time as well. So keep an eye out on our social media channels as well as YouTube for, for some more content. Enjoy the weekend and uh, stay safe.